Are you ready to change your mind? Are you ready to rethink the truth about reality? It's time to go on a journey into this weird world. Hello and welcome back to This Weird World. My name is Tansy Bajant and I'm your host for this show. So happy 2021 everyone. It's so lovely to be back in front of the microphone and to be sharing a new episode with you. And I just want to thank you so much for being with me throughout 2020 and I really do hope that you will continue to join me and listen to all the new stories and people that I bring to you throughout 2021. And I also really want to try to focus on doing some more solo shows just to explore the topics that really interest me and to find perhaps a slightly more tailored focus as I move forward with the podcast. But so far, I just really appreciate how many of you listen and support me so thank you so much and I really do hope that you are all well and that you have survived the best you can through 2020 and that you are yeah looking forward to a new year and trying to hold on to the new hopes of where we're moving into I think it's really important at this time there can be this sense of weight and heaviness especially being in January so it's really important to recognize that this is a time of stillness and sort of being a little bit more internal but really preparing what it is that we want to bring into our life in 2021 and to find those things that inspire us and that give us and bring us hope. So I think that's my message really at this time. So as the year begins, I really do feel more driven to work in unison with the cycles, the cycles of the earth and the cycles of the sky and to work in collaboration with others, which leads me quite nicely onto a course that I'm offering this year with a dear friend of mine called Amanda Simon. And the course is essentially a way of tracking light and tracking our lives. So each month we will be doing a recorded class, putting out a recorded class that explores where the sun is, like which sign it's in and then the related tarot card. So we're going into the sort of the themes of the month as well as the sign, as well as the related tarot card. So we're really bringing in all of these sort of divinatory practices into our lives in order to work with them as we move throughout the year, following the sun, 
following the pathway of the constellations and exploring the tarot cards that are related to them. So in these classes we are going to be having a discussion about the sign and the, the card and we'll also give more practical information about how we use and work with those um, those tools, how we work with astrology and how we work with tarot and how we work with those particular signs. So in January it would be Capricorn and the devil for the tarot. Uh, but it's really a chance to sort of bring in some myth, bring in the magic and really allow you to sort of sink into the energies of each month as we move through the year. Uh, we will also be putting out meditations and rituals and other additional material and blog pieces. So we would love it if you wanted to sort of tap in or join us throughout the year or for a month at a time, if it's something that you sort of want to explore with us, which we would love. Um, so this can be found at enchantingfortuna.com, which is the name of the program. And we're trying to do it so that it maintains itself through time so that next year we can kind of build on each month, adding more material so that if you came within that month, you would be able to explore lots of different rituals, lots of different information and just really sink into the months as we flow through the year to sink into the magic and the energies. So that's something I'm doing with Amanda Simon and in preparation for that course and because she's such a dear friend of mine and is um, has such a beautiful and eloquent way of describing the work she does and our work and what we're offering, um, I have asked her to come onto the show today. So you will be hearing a conversation between us where we will talk about Enchanting Fortuna and what we see for the vision of this course and also just some and also just some explorations of what we've moved through and what we're moving into and just listening to some of Amanda's insights into that so I really hope that you will enjoy this episode today uh, I'm really excited to introduce her to you because she is part of the story that led me to Adam, who is um, my partner, and she is part of um, a beautiful, magical story that changed my life. And I do speak a little bit about it at the beginning, um, but obviously in the time that we had, I couldn't go too deep, but hopefully you understand a little bit of what brought us together and the sort of magic that's wielded when she and I are together and you know, the same when I'm with my partner Adam, how there's this magic that's, that imbues our life and experience really. And so we want to just really help to show how you can live magically by working with different tools, different techniques, and really opening yourself up to the cycles of life. So I really hope that you enjoy the episode and I look forward to speaking to you on the other side. So Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tansy. 
How are you feeling today? I'm enjoying the bright, cold, star-studded sky. So that's cheering me up. Or, I mean, not that I wasn't cheered, but but um, yeah, it's a really beautiful night here. Wonderful. So, um, Amanda, I wanted you to, yeah, I mean, just sort of introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just going to come up. I'm going to just say what comes to mind. I'm not going to kind of be formulaic about it. Um, maybe I I feel like I'm a world weaver. I don't kind of sit, I'm not well situated in any one endeavour or world. And um, I work with astrological um yeah, I work astrologically, but in a particular way. And I'm an artist, I'm a sculptor, um, which I don't see as any different from astrology, actually. Um, and I have my kind of own way of uh, those two things being in parallel. I also work with planetary sound um, with a practice called um, acutonics. And I'm finding myself weaving some really interesting collaborations whether it's kind of writing uh, scripts for a, a political organisation from an astrological point of view, or working with an alchemist and uh, making planet potions. Um, so, yeah, I suppose in kind of true Aquarian style and from a kind of very critical background, um, academically critical background, I kind of find my way to work with the things I'm up to in my own way. Um, and and that's kind of endlessly growing um, and that's some of who I am and what I do I, I don't know where I've gone there really but <laughs> no that was a great explanation uh, and I had no idea that you were doing those um, different projects they sound amazing I love the planetary potions one that yeah cool mm. Mm, it's quite fun being someone's planetary consultant <laughs> and then actually working in the lab directly as well and kind of really thinking about the planetary moment and bringing in uh, planetary frequencies into potions and 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 really kind of going deep into what what is magic how does magic how do we want to be engaging with this kind of practice of magic which isn't anything to do with coercing and really kind of being super kind of rigorous about that. Um, and it's someone who's deeply steeped in the history of magic and has written on wizardry for many years. So it's a really exciting endeavor um, and collaboration. Oh, that sounds amazing. Gosh, you're getting involved in, yeah, lots of good things. Um, and that actually brought up something because people often ask me about magic and that idea of how do you bring magic into your life and, you know, what is real or true magic? What does that sort of look like and mean? And I think a nice discussion we can have about uh, living magically or living a magical life. But I really wanted to first uh, just sort of talk about how we met and how we know each other because... For me, it was part of a really magical story. 
So Amanda and I actually met um, very coincidentally by a mutual friend who I was just dropping off one day to this gorgeous cottage in the middle of Dartmoor. And I hadn't seen this man for sort of years and happened to just be driving him from one side of um, the country to the other. And I dropped him at this house and I was just going to drop him and, and leave. But this gorgeous woman flurried out of this gorgeous house and said, you must come in for tea. And another long story is that I actually had been to this beautiful house uh, a year before and just saw myself living there. But at the time I couldn't, I couldn't. Um, and so I had to sort of put it at the back of my mind and suddenly I found myself back at this cottage and it was now owned by Amanda. And so she brought me in and I saw all of her beautiful changes that she'd done. And I just felt so at home immediately. And in that house happened to be um, another astrologer called Adam, who he and I ended up falling in love. And Amanda invited me to move in with her. So we kind of have this incredible uh, drawing in connection where we all came together. And so now Normally I live um, with Amanda at this incredible cottage in Dartmoor where there's just magic in the earth and in the land um, and surrounded by astrology just from you, Amanda, and from Adam. And it just has been, since meeting you both, it's been a whirlwind and uh, just a deep dive into everything that interests me and that in a way, and living in a way that I want to live. Um, and you've been a really integral part of, yeah, my journey for the last two years. And it's been really incredibly opening to find someone who is, um, you know, all this, all similar things as me that has this wicked sense of humor, absolute love and joy for life, adventurous streak to the nth degree, who swims in lakes every morning, um, a huge sort of magical underpinning with astrology and acutonics. Uh, and meditation and then at the same time this ability to intellectually inquire um, into everything really deeply so yeah Amanda I think for me that's how you are um, and what just makes me feel so joyous to, to to know you and soon to be working with you um, but yes I just wanted to sort of explain maybe a little bit of how I know you um, I'm glad the camera isn't on because I'm blushing quite a lot, but thank you for that, Dean. Um, I um, feel very touched to hear that, so thank you. It's um, been very mutual and continues to be very marvellous on lots of different levels. Um, and yeah, I think, I think one of the things I just kind of would add to that is Um, kind of current I suppose a way I think about it is like currents and, and plugs in terms of um, how and I don't mean that in a kind of literal electrical way but I also do in that I don't I think the literal and the actual and the metaphoric and the magical are all entwined like they they animate one another they um, conjure one another in a way and the way that Adam came into um, my life was a kind of wild tracking and following, following hunches, and um, 
which continued as the way I see it as a kind of game and and play and and feedback loop of jester gesturing you know which has always been a kind of uh, quality of our dynamic of of teasing and play and back and forward and and you know true gemini kind of ping pong in a way um on lots of different levels you know just kind of whipping up wonder um uh and and so that kind of way he ended up on Dartmoor is a kind of a bit of a relevant backstory to then how you got woven in and it was just a kind of soup of um uh a charged soup maybe that's what I can say and when, when I mean that is that when when there's those plugs which are happening in lots of different ways and those currents that come together then life can alter in tremendously um, enabling ways. And, and I, I suppose that has been something that I was really stepping into. But when you find accomplices and allies, and those don't just have to be human, those can be the more than human world. They can be places, they can be animals, they can be, um, plants you know uh, then there's something of a, a different charge gets set in motion and it's a feedback loop and it can just grow and grow and grow um, so I just wanted to kind of bring that as a as a what I hope is a deepening reflection on, on everything you said rather than a tangent no <clears throat> definitely wasn't a tangent and that was very much a deepening um, and very true, I think that's how I sort of got brought into that experience with, you know, sort of meeting you and Adam and all that followed, all of that magic, that really came from me seeking uh, something and putting out that sort of call and feeling the response and also hearing a call and responding in kind. So it does feel like there was, I surrendered to a path of opening and I didn't really I left all expectations behind and just allowed whatever needed to come to come and didn't question and just sort of followed what was being put in my way and when I did that and I found myself falling in love and meeting you and moving into the most beautiful space and just feeling very held I just recognized even more deeply the magic that is available, um, especially when we also don't try to, to control everything, that there's a sense of fluidity, I guess, um, and flexibility that's needed. Um, in some ways, I don't know, that's my experience, I guess, uh, in how I came to that, but also now, I guess, how I live my life is it's very much a way of, um, Sort of responding like creating intentions about what I want but also if it doesn't go exactly that way then just following you know responding and not overreacting and I think definitely this year has been <laughs> a real one to um to sort of surrender to um and to flow with uh, so, and I was very grateful actually. So Adam and I were parted for three and a half months during the lockdown, but Amanda 
you moved sort of fully back in to the house and so I got to spend lockdown with you um and it actually became just a flurry of creation and um pondering and cackling I think would be a good way of saying what we tended yeah to do a lot of I feel like every time I saw you I would chatter and laugh yeah, I think it was a it was a whole gamut of things: cackling, crying, creation, conjuring, um, carving, collapsing. <laughs> I think it, to me it was all of those things, and and appropriately so. Like that is to be alive for me, and I think that perhaps was what was such a such a homing certainly for me but I I think for you as well that there was an allowance of that range and that there was nothing wrong and that there wasn't anything to put away and that there could be the vast moony range and when I say moon moony I mean the moon like the range of dimension that the moon and our moods and the movement of moon can um can tighten us and uh that is not something that has ever been an easy allowance for me to be around another with um and it felt that both of us had well we both have um the moon is big in both of our life worlds chart worlds sky being worlds and um to be able to be in that mix and that flow and that that cycling was was um ever more enabling rather than to feeling like it had to be shut down in certain places and kept away and only this bit to be shown. And and so it could go from cackling to crying. It could go from creation to collapse. It could go from carving to cajoling, you know, like, and that, that was a sort of rich, um, enchanted experience. And to me, that is the nature of enchantment. It's that degree of, uh, diverse, deep, multifaceted, seemingly um, polar presences. Uh, So, yeah. And mentioning enchantment there, um, do you maybe want to lead into what programme we're offering? Um, At the moment, I think it's it's, it's sort of an emerging programme, I would say, that um, allows us to to be who we are actually and to share how we live um but I don't know Amanda if you want to say a little bit about what we're going to be offering together as we move forward yeah I think to say how we live but also to recognize that is the living of the world that is the, the living of light and the living of life that it's not just something which is somehow at odds with the cycle of seasons the cycle of light the cycle of life the cycle of planets you know, like, I think what 
for me, so much of what we're offering is, is about cyclical living and recognizing that there are ongoing cycles that work in us on a day-to-day level, on a moment-to-moment level, on a month level, on a year level, on much vaster cycles of cycles as well, planetary cycles and, you know, um, all sorts of cycles. And so it, it, is, it is really to kind of cultivate that and I think it's so apt for this moment as we shift in element um, and being called into being in very different ways, a kind of dimensionalizing of our being, which has never not been there, but so much has been shut down. And so, sorry, go on. I, I was getting to more about the program, but um, no. go for it. No, well, we can come back to that, but I just, because I, I know that some of my listeners don't have um, the strongest understanding necessarily of astrology. So when you say we're shifting element and why it's so important right now that we're sort of offering this or mm. what, do you, what do you mean by that for the listeners? <clears throat> well, I, I, so, so since the Industrial Revolution, which was a time of deep mechanization on all levels. It was a mechanizing our bodies, mechanizing time, mechanizing labor, um, creating a rhythm to our day, which was like a kind of machine, a staccato, and that was completely at odds with rhythms of light, rhythms of, um, of, of energy, of kind of bodily energy. And that kind of really came into being with the Industrial Revolution, which was also a time when uh, two planets, which are uh, so fundamental in how uh, we come to know reality, how reality is built, the worlds that we build, which we come to believe are reality, um, were grounding and beating their rhythm of meetings in Earth signs. And so, for the last 200 years, Saturn and Jupiter have met in Earth signs. And on the solstice this year, a, a um, meeting happened that started a new 200 year cycle. And that was called the moment of mutation or it's called the great mutation. And that word in itself, mutation is a fascinating one to contemplate in light of what we're in the midst of in light of what what kind of mutating is at work and we are being worked by. And so that kind of um, shift in element is from earth to air and that is calling forth and mutating us into a whole different way of being in the world. That's the opportunity, that's the offering, that's the medicine for me of this moment. And so to start to really break down that patterning that was put in place by the industrial revolution that was so at odds with cycles of light and life is for me part of what is um, exciting, apt, evocative and essential to creating different rhythms and um, Part of our invocation is with um, through astrology and through tarot and recognizing their entwining work conversation 
and how they track light and track life through the year as a way to um, allow different rhythms to be your becoming and to call your becoming. So that's a bit of how I hope brings a bit of the astrological element in. Yes, and I mean, for some of the listeners, the Great Mutation would also be called the Great Conjunction, mm -hmm. in case you've heard of the Great Conjunction and not the Great Mutation. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I thought that was a beautiful description, Amanda. <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh, tell, like, talk more. I could uh, get lost in the language um, and just the the imagery that you spin. And I think that that's really part of this this year's journey is as we move through each month. Um, witnessing the changes in the light as the sun moves across the sky or like and moves through the different signs and how our own bodies are affected in that way and how nature is affected as well and it's this embodiment of not just I think what it feels like is a sense of opening our eyes Right. I think that um, it's interesting because I pulled some tarot cards uh, a week ago to talk about what was coming up in this year. And essentially was that we have been living in this way of sort of looking down, working industriously and that we haven't been. We're so focused on how we're trying to accumulate or build or um, meet our objectives that we haven't really been looking up. And the card for advice was essentially to look up, to look ahead, look at where you're going, look at what you want to create and look at what you want to bring into your life. And in a way, those cards sort of speak with or speak to um, what you were saying, Amanda, what we're, we're providing as well. It's like a sense of opening our eyes and recognizing what's around us, recognizing the rhythms of the world and the light and our lives and our emotions. It's like these rhythms that we are part of. And rather than almost looking down in this material um, encapturement, it's, a, it's an opportunity to grow, I guess, and to reconnect. Um, and that perhaps brings me a little bit to the first month, which is January, um, which is obviously the time when the light is getting you know, it's, we're at its dark, our darkest and we're moving slowly into the light and devil and Capricorn are the, the devil is the tarot card for January and Capricorn is the sign or the constellation. And in that way, you know, devil is very much about moving from um, the sort of our depths into the light or exploring our depths in some way and exploring our connection to materialism and the physical and wondering or questioning whether there is something more. Um, it's, it's really an opportunity. But yeah, sorry. So I took on from sort of what we're offering to also just specifically about um, each month, um, what we're offering yeah. to you. Yeah. And I think of each month, there's a kind of punctuation in the whole cycle mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, what we have called enchanting fortuna as that cycle of the year and the seasonal cycle and the rise and the fall of light and the rise and the fall of life and within that the months have their punctuating part to play um 
and their kind of performative part to play as well. And they're characterful and they're imagistic and they're arousing in terms of enlivening life in us. And so um, I see the, the kind of rhythm of the months and the cards and the um, creatures of the zodiac as as having this very intriguing conversation that they can they can uh, we can get get caught up in we can become accomplices with to enliven our lived life and um, not and and I I've just got a little bit on enchantment which I would love to li- read. Tansy, is that a good, good idea? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just to sort of recognise that this is not this is not fantasy. This is not something which is kind of outside of life that is a representation or anything like that. So um, this is from a lady called Sharon Blackie, who um, uh, is based in, well, she was based on Dartmoor, which is where I am. Uh, I think she now lives in Ireland. And she wrote a book, The Enchanted Life. And some of it I have problems with, um, healthily. Uh, but there's some kind of just encapsulating gems, which I really believe throughout the, or I really feel that throughout this year, we will enrich and deepen what that notion of enchantment is, like all the layers of it, because I think it's such a rich terrain of living being experiencing but for now I'll just offer these um, few words so this is from her I believe that enchantment is an attitude of mind which can be cultivated a way of approaching the world which anyone can learn to adopt the enchanted life has nothing to do with fantasy or escapism or magical thinking it is founded on a vivid sense of belongingness to a rich many-layered word world it is creative intuitive imaginative. To live an enchanted life is to pick up the pieces of our bruised and battered psyches and to offer them the nourishment they long for. It is to be challenged, to be awakened, to be gripped and shaken to the core by the extraordinary which lies at the heart of the ordinary. Above all, to live an enchanted life is to fall in love with the world all over again. So to me, that is part of to be steeped in tarot, to be steeped in the the zodiacal signs, to be steeped in the seasons, to be steeped in the the pagan passing of the year, is to develop those eros bonds and to... um, even if it's not to fall back in love, but to build the love with, with you know, uh, our world and to ensoul it in the way that it longs to be met and meet us. So in some way that circles back to a notion of magic for me yeah. um, as a concurrent slipstream of being uh not as something you have to conjure, but rather you have to, there's something that can be just amplified and the dial turned up on. And I think that's part of what we are both um, creating in a conjuring sense with the course is 
turning that dial up and doing it in these kind of very grounded ways, you know, these ways that exist in the world um, and were part of how, you know, people have lived on this land, on these lands for many years before us that we, our modern minds have been ripped and ravaged from. So it's nothing new, but perhaps it's inflected in new ways. Yeah, I'm so glad that you you linked that because when I heard, you know, when I hear that quote, for me, enchanting is interchangeable with magic or enchanted, living an enchanted life or living a magical life. For me, it's the same. Like everything that she said and you say, it is, it's a way of being, it's a way of remembering and it's a way of amplifying. Um, and it's a way of being sensitive. I think that's something so key is I think the more sensitive that I allow myself to be, particularly with my environment, the more aware I am of the communication between me and everything else, that there, you, that there is no separation. And so for me, like living in magic is, is sort of, is amplifying that in, or like really enhancing our sensitivity. Um, yeah, so that it, it just creates, it also, you know, there's just so many things that it, it creates as well, like a life that you love because you feel so in place and there's so many difficulties and worries and everything with life. But when you feel that you are part of that flowing system of the call and response, the you're integrated in the as part of the cosmos and you recognize your place in it. Um, and you recognize the sounds and the calls and the communications. There's something incredibly um, Like, I, I mean, there's not even a word like enriching, empowering. It's, it's more just like a coming home. And I think when you find other people who understand and recognize and want to live in the, sa in the, same, in the same way, you know, you feel incredibly, um, you feel incredibly blessed because you see in them a yeah I guess just a light of awareness and I think it can be really distorted in our society and in society's past of of this sort of separation of people who have you know of like even that sense of enlightenment or you know a sense of seeking something but actually it's it's almost like it's just it's all it's just coming back home to self and then when you open your eyes it's this sensitivity to those around us it's a sensitivity to the energies and you start to feel a part of it all and um it's not something out there it's something within i i don't know if i'm making sense <laughs> um, yeah i i think also it gives you a sense of sovereignty so mm. you know your sense of power is not through deferring whether that's deferring to authorities deferring to others deferring to you know conditioning that 
there can be something about, yeah, a sense of sovereignty of where you're sourcing from. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I would say yes, but also a sense of, yeah, I, I don't know. I would say in a way also the opposite of, of being completely, um, of recognizing a complete network of connection between everyone. So recognizing that you're, that there's a sense of maybe independence, what you sort of mean in that sovereignty sense of like the sense of self, but also this, um, I don't know, I just recognize a rich connection with others and that we are all one and the same. Um, yeah, I think I'm talking about power. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the ways in which power prevents and the subtle coercive ways of power and, and systemic power that niggles. And so, so for me, there's something around that in, so there's, yeah, I think maybe de deviating somewhere here, but um, <laughs> getting into one of our staircase conversations. Yeah. Tea. <laughs> Yeah, I might have um, perpetuated that. <laughs> but 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 I think that um, I think it'd be something interesting to maybe maybe um, tease uh, and and I, when I mean that I mean tease out you know strands. But for me, sovereignty does not mean separation at all, mm. at all. So um, uh, to be yeah. continued, to be yeah. continued. <laughs> You know, what I really love about like us coming together as well is that, you know, it's also not about having, it's about recognizing the same thing, but also having an understanding that we all have different worldviews and different perceptions and that that is fine. Like there's a space for conversation. And I think that it's not about, you know, even as a listener, not, you know, necessarily, um, you know, it does, you know, not everything resonates, but what is really important is understanding the other person's point of view. And I think that's part of that, you know, of just um, is really understanding where someone else is coming from. I think if we can do that, then we can always find a way to meet or find a way to talk and deliberate and question and seek and find out and be willing to change our own views. But we can only do that if we actually allow the other person to have their say and for us to be able to communicate in kind. And so, you know, you and I definitely have a good little <clears throat> debate sometimes going on, which I love, I love. I've learned so much from our conversations. Um, and I would say that is the same with the cards. I would say that is the same with the zodiacal creatures as well, that there is not something, there's something to be listened to rather than something to be um imposed like in the same way there's a conversation to be had and that conversation is two-way and that is something that is sort of critical to what we're creating mm -hmm. is those kind of um capacities for conversation mm -hmm. and and how you can um uh open and I don't mean you, I mean all of us. I don't mean that, you know, that there's some kind of hierarchy here, but just that kind of curiosity of capacity for conversation with person, uh, archetype, um, creaturely consciousness, whatever. 
And there's something there about how you stand open for that possibility. And mm -hmm. that's a, a, certainly something with this kind of um, invocation and invitation of what we're creating feels it's steeped in that. Yeah. Yeah. And Amanda, before I let you go, um, I wondered if you would, um, do you have any insights about sort of Capricorn um, for next, for the month, just in terms of January? Like, is there anything? Um, I'm not sure they're insights, but there's hmm. things that I'm thinking about. I wouldn't proclaim their insights. They might be, they might be for someone, but they're things that I'm thinking about. Hmm. And they may be of interest to other people. They may be illuminating. They may provide sort of texture for reflection. Um, and yeah, for me, I suppose what I'm really at this, and you know, if you ask me this tomorrow, there would be a different kind of inflection on this. There would be a different side of this, of the diamond depth of our um, of Capricorn that would come to light. But right now, what comes to mind is just how. We have been in an incredible um, conversation with the Capricorn energy and archetype and creatureliness for the last three years um, with Saturn having been in Capricorn and Saturn's home sign, one of home, Saturn's home signs is Capricorn and the concentration of planets that have been there which have been kind of building there since 2008 and the eclipses which have been there for the last two years there has been this incredible way that um, the Capricorn energy has been both amplified and also um, tonified and I feel like the archetypes are on their own journey and the archetypes become um, culturally conditioned as well. Uh, that, you know, that they become stuck with cultural context. And I feel that the Capricorn qualities um, of the kind of ambitious goat have been complexified and um, really deepened and diversified and Amanda? Amanda? You went off. Oh, am I, I here now? Yeah, so say um, you were saying something about diversified. What was the last okay. word I heard? Okay, am I back now? Yes, you are, yeah. Hmm, how strange. Okay, let's hope it, it stays stable. Um, Mm. I don't know if you heard tonification, but I just think tonification is an interesting word because there's sound in it and there's something of a kind of, um, uh, I don't like the word refinement because it implies that something is becoming pure and that doesn't work for me as a kind of imagery. But just in terms of this, we have been in this concentrated Capricorn energy and in that I feel the Capricorn archetype has become begun begun to become decolonized and deconditioned from all of the overlays of culture. 
Um, uh, and in that, there's something that's really deepened. And I feel that the, the mythic element of it is being reclaimed has, and, and it's not clear yet because there's still a, a sense of total breakdown um, and kind of raw material but it feels like there's um, something of the authentic, again, that's a problematic word, but something of the authentic arc of, of Capricorn energy is really being honed and toned. Um, and, and for me, have... sorry, go on. Sorry, I wanted to just interrupt a little bit just because I want, if if listeners don't know quite what the Capricorn archetype is in that sense when you're saying it's being honed what sort of energies are you talking about in that sense I'm thinking imagistically and Mm. I'm thinking of um a goat really truly becoming the sea goat so that its tail is remembered in all senses of the word and that the water which is primordial waters which are absolutely kind of um critical to the Capricorn archetype but have been very much lopped off and 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 consequently the kind of um um skewed nature of Capricorn but these deep primordial energies these generative energies these places where uh, uh, new life is maintained and emerges from these deep sonic realms um that is where the Capricorn tale lives in those waters and those waters are not usually um, considered in the Capricorn, everyday Capricorn imagery and archetype. So that's, I think that's enough for now. Um, but that's, that's where I'm kind of quite immersed and, and being kind of in a very active imagination with the imagery. Lovely. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. It was just that some people might not even have any idea of what Capricorn archetype is um, in its normal (laughs) state. Um, But we can, um, you know, we'll obviously on our pages on Enchanting Fortuna, we're going into Capricorn, into the devil, into, you know, how they're moving um, in our lives, how we can work with them. Um, And you know, they're, what they're bringing up in terms of, you know, this sort of January energy too. So we will, um, we can explain or give links as well to explain those parts further so that we can explore the sort of deeper ideas and really working with them um, on that sort of symbolic um, and imaginary or imaginal or imagery uh, way, because it's really through symbols and images that we can really come to uh, that really tap into that um, unconscious part of ourselves that really brings those images to life and can really create transformation within us too when we start to reflect on what they mean. Um, and that's really the sort of the heart of tarot and in in some ways astrology um, is, you know, is the visual imagery of how those symbols have so much meaning. And when we start to sort of deepen our understanding of those symbols, how they can actually start to change us. And we can recognize that they're not just still um, or just simply archetypes, that they are messengers and 
living energies that we can actually work with. So um, yes, thank you, um, Amanda. Uh, we have to go, um, but I just so appreciate having you um, come on the podcast today. And obviously people can reach you through Enchanting Fortuna, um, but where else can they find your work or how could they book a reading in with you? So um, you can find me at amandasimon.co.uk, which is my website, and it's all one word, and Simon is spelled Simon, S-I-M-O-N. So that's amandasimon.co.uk. If you want to email me directly, you can email me at beckonedbythestars at gmail.com. Is <laughs> that, that's your email address? That's my email address. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to have a, I offer 10 minute free kind of consultation chats, if that's something that is of interest to you to kind of find out a bit more um, before entering into a reading. Um, and so that's beckonedbythestars at gmail.com. You can email me there and, and we can set that up. Um, and I think those are the two main portals at the moment. Perfect. Thank you, Amanda. Thank In you for having time. me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you too. And we'll speak soon. So there it was, my conversation with Amanda, which I really hope that you enjoyed and you found nourishing. It really was a pleasure to speak to her and to have her on the podcast after all this time. It feels really special to share our story and to share her with my little world <laughs> through my podcast. And I really hope that if you feel inspired to join us on our journey through the year through Enchanting Fortuna, then please do go to the website enchantingfortuna.com to sign up and you can purchase the classes individually or you can sign up to the month and yeah, just come along with us for the journey. It would be a really lovely thing to have you on board. And you can reach Amanda, as she said, for readings, um, which I really recommend. She's a very soulful uh, and mythic astrologer. And for me, you can find me at tansyalexandra.com and you can book in a tarot reading with me or holistic counselling. And I call it holistic counselling, but it really is me providing a sanctuary or a safe space where you can talk through anything that is on your mind, anything that's causing you worry or just making you feel down or something that you're not able to share with others. And I am really happy to be that person for you, to be to enter into that sort of magical conversation, just allowing yourself to let go as I hold space. And as part of that, I can read cards and we can sort of work together to bring clarity to you and to empower you as we move through 2021. So if you do want to get hold of me, then yes, just uh, send me an email through the website, um, but that's tansyalexandra.com. So yes, I look forward to speaking to you next time. I hope I will be doing a solo show, so that will be coming next month. Uh, but yes, I just really want to send you all off with lots of love and blessings and just wishing you a really beautiful and wonderful January 
and onwards into 2021.